Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host, Lauren, to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey everyone, we are so happy to be back with you. This is episode number five and it's all about investing our lives in such a way that our actions will leave a lasting impact on those close to us, our community, and quite possibly our worlds. Yeah, today we're talking about how to spend your dash. I remember one of my mentors, Brenda Chan, teaching on this years ago and I never forgot it. The phrase comes from a really popular poem by Linda Ellis called The Dash. You may have heard it. It reminds us that we're only on this earth for a little while and the importance of spending each day with passion and purpose. In case you haven't heard it, I want to share it real quick. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears, but he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For the dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth, and now only those who love them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that still can be rearranged. To be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you lived your dash? Oh, I like that, especially the ending. What a great question. Would you be proud of the things they say about you and how you lived your dash? I have actually written two eulogies, my dad's and my grandpa Joe's. And it's true. You think about how that person lived in their life and you want to honor that person. And I'm just grateful that both of the eulogies I had to write were for great men because that would have been a lot harder if I didn't have very many positives to say. (laughs) (laughs) True. Most people don't want to talk about this kind of stuff, let alone even think about it. But it's really important. Whether we realize it or not, every day we are creating legacy. Yeah, you're right. A lot of people do not want to talk about this kind of stuff, don't want to think about it, but it is important. And so we're going to take this episode to think about these kinds of things so that we know that we are focusing on what actually matters. Nick said it so well. Anytime you set out to do anything, begin with the end in mind and then work yourself backwards. I think if we're honest, the busyness of life simply keeps us more focused on what's in front of us 
more than what is going to be left behind us because the urgent always tends to take our attention away from the ultimate. And I think if we can take an episode, look at these things, we can actually drill things down so that we know with a deep conviction that we're spending our day-to-day on the things that matter most. Because I think most of us want to live a life that matters. We just don't articulate what that actually means and then work out some practical ways that we can do that in our day-to-day. So that's what this show is all about. It really is a great time to talk about this because given the last three episodes, we have talked about getting out of our heads and on with our lives, making great decisions, and learning to snip, stop, or just stick with certain things. Each of those things are really building blocks for creating the kind of legacy we hope to leave. So let's jump right in because there's lots for us to consider today when we think about it. Let me ask you this. What comes to mind when you think about legacy, that word? You know, a legacy is something handed down. It can be from an ancestor or a predecessor, even from the past. Many think of it in regards to leaving an inheritance of money and belongings, you know, stuff. But it really is so much more. There was a study done of 50 people over the age of 95 where they were asked, if you could live your life over again, what would you do differently? Great question, right? One of the top responses was, I would do more things that would live on after I'm gone. Have you ever thought about that? What will live on after you? The most influential people, the ones who leave behind significant legacies, are the ones who continue to live on in the hearts and lives of the people they touch. Yeah, that's so good. Because physically, they may no longer be a part of society, but their characteristics, principles, and such do continue from generation to generation. Exactly. To make sure we're all on the same page today, when we talk about legacy, we're coming from the perspective of it being less about what we leave for others and more about what we leave in them. Yeah, this kind of legacy is more about leaving an impression on others for good. It's about passing on what we've learned versus what we've earned. It's so much more about who we are and how that translates into someone else's characteristics. In other words, it's what we impart into someone else that lives on long after we're gone. Have you ever thought about the kind of legacy you want to leave your family, community, and even the world? What is the lasting footprint you want remembered by those whose lives you've touched? What do you hope people will say one day at your funeral? These are big questions, But they really can help us cut through the daily chaos of life and provide us with a sense of clarity. Yeah, that is good. Let's do an exercise real quick. I want all of us to take a minute and imagine that we're given $86,400 every day for the rest of our life. Okay, I like where you're going so far. (laughs) (laughs) Suppose you could receive this amount every day, but with one catch. You have to spend it all every day. Do you think you could do it? I probably would have a lot of fun trying. (laughs) Oh, me too. (laughs) For sure. So here's the thing, guys. God gives each of us 24 hours every day. Now, how we spend it is completely up to us. If you think about it in terms of like minutes, it sounds like a lot. It's 1,440 minutes. But if you think about it in seconds, it's like, whoa. God gives us 86,400 seconds every day to spend one way or the other. But on the flip side of things, once we spend it, it's gone. We can't get it back. There's no redos. 
That means our time is actually really valuable. It's not only an incredible asset, it is also a very limited resource because none of us know exactly how much time we have. So think about it. Who of you wouldn't want to buy back a day, maybe even yesterday, or a week or two? Better yet, I know I would love to buy back a few years. Yes, me too. Absolutely. So guys, let's just remember the value of our time and let's get equipped today to spend our dash as well so that when we do reach the end of our lives, we'll all have fewer regrets. The kind of legacy we leave really depends on the time we have and what we do with that time. When we think about time, there are two ancient Greek words that mean time. There is time that is measured and counted like a calendar or clock. Think of chronological because chronos is actually the Greek word for time. It's quantitative or measurable usually by numbers. But then there's keros, and that means opportune moment or time that is fulfilled. Basically, it's time that is lived and experienced. It's qualitative and usually measured by descriptive words. For example, if you talk about a vacation you went on, you may say that it was a five-day trip, which is chronos. However, you can also talk about that same five-day trip and explain in concept words instead of numbers how wonderful it was and all the excursions you enjoyed, which is keros. So as we think about spending our dash, it's going to be important to keep both of these types of time in mind. I know we mentioned Ecclesiastes in our last episode, but there's just so much wisdom in this book, especially in regards to time and how we spend it. We need to remember that our days are limited, and because of that, we want to make the very most out of the time we have now. Yeah, that's so good, Lauren. You know, it makes me think of a scripture in Psalms 90. I think it's verse 12. It says, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Think about it this way. As we understand the value of time and the brevity of life, I think it actually opens our heart up to wisdom. And the Bible from its opening chapter reveals our freedom, you know, the freedom that we have to choose how we spend our dash and the path different choices lead to. Some paths lead to significance and fulfillment and obviously generational blessings, while some paths lead to ruin and regret. You know, remember, everything written in the Word of God is there to help us learn from other people's examples. And I think this is a pretty cool fact, but the word legacy isn't used anywhere in the Bible, yet its importance is implied all throughout its pages. That's a good point. I didn't know that the word legacy was not in the Bible, but when you think about it, the Bible literally is legacy. Yeah, that's true. You know, you mentioned Ecclesiastes, which is one of the wisdom books. Solomon, who I think most would agree was considered to be the wisest of all, he actually set out to understand human activity and all of its meaning. He spent most of his time pursuing success. He tried to find meaning in building homes for himself, as well as building all sorts of other things. He also spent a good bit of his time indulging in pleasure, admittedly not denying himself anything. Then, after using up his time in all of these various pursuits, he came to realize it was all meaningless. It had left him empty and unfulfilled. He then uses the last chapter of the book to share some very insightful advice. And what does he tell us? First, he says, all that is done without God's guidance is futile. Next, 
He tells us, remember God. Remember God in your youth. Remember Him before you get old, before the door of life's opportunities is closed. Remember Him before you lose energy, before you near the grave. And then he sums it up just in case you've missed the point. And he says, my final conclusion on life after you know, <laughs> going after everything, he says, my final conclusion on life is this, honor God, do what he says. You know, if I were to summarize that whole book, I think the message that Solomon is giving us is before it's too late, center your life around God and Christ. Then you'll spend your time on things that matter, things that will actually bring you true fulfillment and have lasting significance. You'll find purposeful work and a meaningful life. I really believe that we can enjoy our life and reach the end without regret if we keep God first and main. Definitely. So this means for us to have a legacy that has any lasting value, it begins with knowing God. I read this quote by Paul J. Mayer, and I just love it. And it says, the greatest legacy of all is knowing God. From this, every other legacy gains meaning and purpose. So what if we hit goals, achieve success, but in the end have missed out on what really mattered the most? Everything is meaningless without God at center. So true. And, you know, think about it. Jesus gave us our core values. Those are the things that should guide our life and help us when we're trying to make decisions. And He told us what mattered most. He told us in Mark 12, He was asked the question, you know, what's the most important? He answered by saying, it's loving God and loving people. If God says, this is what matters most, then that is what matters most. It's totally first in Maine. <laughs> it is. He tells us right there in Scripture that this is the main thing. First, love God, and second, love others. Yeah, and you know, I think sometimes it's like, how do we do that? I think we get a glimpse of that in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read it. It's from the message, verses 1 and 2. says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what He wants from you, and quickly respond to it. You know, Lauren— God wants us to know Him deeply because He knows what knowing Him will do for us and others. I think yeah. if we miss the opportunity to know Him you know, personally and intimately, then we miss everything that comes along with that. Knowing God is what helps us align our lives with the values of the kingdom and obviously His purpose for our life. That in turn, helps us establish our priorities. And that, without a doubt, is what impacts how we live. And what happens is, as we live God's way, instead of becoming so well-adjusted to the culture around us, we'll be changed at our very core. And that change affects how we spend our time. And ultimately, it means that we'll use our time making an eternal difference, which eternal obviously means lasting. And that's what we're aiming at, making a lasting impact. And the way that we do that is by investing our time in people. So if we want to ensure that our lives and our future legacy are going to, you know, are going to move in the right direction, it does begin, I believe, with answering three what I would consider first and main questions. 
The first is, is Jesus the center of your life? The second, are you going to live for him or yourself? And third, if you're going to live for him, what does building your life around him and others look like? Those are really good questions because when we keep God in the center of our life, he shows us what is most important. Things like our character, motives, values, and purpose, for example. And based upon these, we can make wise decisions that will honor him. Ultimately, our actions build our lives and our legacy. Yes, we really need to think about what it means when we accept Christ, because for a lot of people, you talk to them and their mind is like you accept Jesus to go to heaven. And yes, obviously, heaven is our ultimate inheritance. But when we invite Christ into our life, we're inviting Him to be Lord. That means He becomes the CEO of our lives. And that moment is the beginning of a lifelong journey to becoming more like Jesus, which that results in a radical transformation, a transformation of our character, our values, and obviously our priorities. And as we become more like Him, what happens is we actually live out His legacy. Jesus imparts Himself into us, and that is what we impart into others. At the end of the day, our legacy is to leave Jesus in this generation to influence the generations that follow. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, the idea of becoming more Christ-like and leaving a lasting legacy is desirable. So Debs, the real question here is, what does this practically look like? You know, one thing, a key thing that I think absolutely will make a difference is to aim for a life of significance over success. At the end of the day, or in this case, the end of our lives, (laughs) 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 will we be remembered for choosing love? Will we be remembered for helping others? These are significant things and the things that mattered most to Jesus. Absolutely. I love that. You know, Jesus, by the world's standards, would not have been considered successful, but no other life has had more significance. Talk about leaving a legacy. Think about what he imparted to those closest to him and how he gave them something to pass on to others that has lived on ever since. The bottom line is he establishes our values. Those values guide our decisions. And that's what's going to act as a compass to keep us on course every single day so that we really are steadily moving in the direction that is going to take us closer and closer to His definition of our best life. And that best life, Debs, is definitely how I want to be remembered. Yeah. I think it's full of significance, like loving God and loving my family, loving my friends, being kind to others, showing compassion, um, being truthful. Yes, for sure. You know, when I think about it, I I want to be remembered as a giver, an encourager, especially a forgiver. I've been forgiven so much. You know, at the when it's all said and done, I want to know that I've honored God with my life, loving, obviously, and serving, uh, developing others. Rick Warren asked a question in his book, Purpose Driven Life. It's such a great question, and I want us all to consider it. What will be the character of your life? If you've never thought about it, you really should. If we want to be known and remembered for any of the positive characteristics uh, that you just mentioned or I mentioned or um, even ones that maybe y'all are thinking of yourselves, 
What that means is our time and energy are going to need to reflect those values. Our values will determine our priorities, our priorities determine our decisions, and that is what ultimately determines how we spend our dash. Andy Stanley says it like this, we write the story of our lives one decision at a time, and here's the key. When life happens, and it will to all of us, it's our values and our priorities that are that compass. That's what will help guide our decisions. And it's all those decisions that we make that are going to leave either a good or not so good lasting impression on and in others. Yeah, that's so good. It makes me think about some of the women in the Bible and how their stories have left such an impression. I think of like Dorcas. She spent all of her time doing good, helping the poor. And I think of Mary. She lived a life of strength. Think about how strong she had to be when she was told that she was going to have a child that she didn't even plan on. And Eve, think about her legacy. Her actions contributed to the fall of mankind. So what we choose to say and do not only impacts our life, but it affects everyone around us and possibly future generations. We possess one of the most powerful forces in the world, and that is the power of choice. And choosing to live a significant life is choosing to live a life about God and others. It's about being loving and compassionate, displaying Christ, teaching others about God, shining bright, and just giving hope. Yeah. You know, Lauren, one of the main purposes we know for doing this podcast is to encourage everybody to choose well, knowing that our choices determine how the chapters of our lives read. And guys, you know, for me personally, I want the chapters of my life to show ways I chose significance far more uh, times than I strive for success. And I know you do as well, Lauren. Yeah, definitely. I believe significance comes when you add value to others. And in reality, you can't have true success without significance. We all know people who believe they are successful because they have everything they want. But true success is knowing your purpose in life, growing to your maximum potential, and adding value to others. The reality is worldly success will never satisfy And usually it leaves people feeling quite unfulfilled, even empty. And I think deep down, we all crave significance more than success. It's just our culture tries to tell us that success is what gives us significance when it's actually the other way around. You know, I believe once we taste um, significance, nothing else will satisfy. If we determine to make significance the overarching goal of our lives, I think what actually happens is we're much more likely to experience success along with it. The key here is that success typically follows people, true success that is, typically follows people whose motives are genuinely to help others. Yeah, let's talk about that quick, Debs, because I think that there are key differences between the pursuit of success versus significance. And the first difference is our motives. With success, our motives might be selfish, but with significance, it's hard for our motives to be selfish. They really aren't compatible. Think about it. Do you find yourself wondering more about what someone can do to help you or what you can do to help someone else? Why we do something ultimately decides what we do. And when we're being led by the Spirit, it is so much easier to be other-focused than self-focused. 
And ultimately, I think this will just help us in our pursuit towards a life of significance. For sure. You know, I think another difference is um, with time. Success can last a lifetime. Significance can last several lifetimes. People who desire significance value time. They evaluate what they do with their time, and they invest those 86,400 seconds a day wisely. You know, when we invest our time and energy into the lives of other people, that is the thing that's going to make a lasting impact. Developing others always does, because the people we develop usually, for the most part, turn around and develop others. And so the legacy continues. It is the idea of just having a compounding effect. It's the law of multiplication, Now, it doesn't always happen, but most of the time it does. We've had a lot of people invest themselves, use their time, and invest themselves in us, and we're seeing that impact on us continue through us. It's Women's History Month, so we probably should give a quick shout out to a few of the women who have made a significant difference in our lives. And I have a a couple people pop in my head real quick. Um, Obviously, the first is my mom. You know, she adopted me. I remember her telling me from a very young age how I was chosen. Um, She demonstrated sacrificial love. And um, even with her life, though, there are times that uh, she didn't always make the best decision. She learned how to fail forward. And she actually taught me that, how to make mistakes and, you know, continue on. And uh, I've been able to pass that along. Brenda Chan, such uh, impartation into my life. Uh, Jane Evans, uh, pouring into me leadership and um, how to operate in just the giftings of God. And uh, one person, huge, huge person, Teresa Vaughn, uh, walked our family through trauma, helped me learn about trauma, overcome trauma. And now I am able to use that almost you know, weekly in helping other people and how I minister to others. So It really is pretty cool when we think about imparting into others and how that impact can go on and on and reach so many more people. Yeah. For me, my mom, of course, she has taught me so many things from being organized and clean, (laughs) which if you know my mom, then you know, (laughs) Um, to teaching me how to be a spouse and to now even showing me ways to deepen my faith. Her mom my grandma Kay, I know taught her those things. And when I was a child, I would stay the night with my grandma sometimes, and she would always pray with us before we would go to bed. Her faith was passed down to my mom, and it was definitely passed down to me. So it really does come down to influence. John Maxwell shares this quote. He says, when you influence a child, you influence a life. When you influence a parent, you influence a family. When you influence a leader, you influence all who look to him or her for leadership. If we use our time to pursue success, our joy is the result of our success. If we pursue significance with our time, our joy is the result of other success, and this carries a much, much higher reward. Yeah, it really is a greater reward. I love what you said. It really comes down to influence. And when we start thinking about success and significance, one of the things that has kind of just, you know, helped me, and it's a play on words, is to focus on succession more than success. And if we do, it'll make all the difference. Yeah, succession more than success. 
I really like that, Debs. That was good. (laughs) As we wrap up, let's get practical. You mentioned in the last episode that women especially feel their time commitments do not line up with their priorities, and so therefore they live pretty conflicted. To see that change, it begins with each of us applying what we're talking about today. This means using our time to live more intentionally so that we're framing and building the legacy we hope to leave. To do that, we need to get serious about clarifying our priorities and aligning our time with them. So let's answer some questions that will help us to clarify our priorities. Let's begin with this one. What would you say your top five priorities are? Maybe it's God, your spouse, family, career, could be community or personal disciplines. Secondly, does your schedule currently reflect that? Do you know where most of your time is being spent? Now, are there two or three things you're investing your time in that are non-priority areas? How committed are you to changing this? And lastly, how can you begin to concentrate most of your time on your top priorities? Most people that know and stick to their priorities have a much easier time saying no and don't even feel bad about it. Remember, not all priorities are equal, and so what is priority to you may not be priority to someone else. Oh, that is so true. (laughs) Um, We are too easily distracted. And I think if we're honest, most of us can be pretty inconsistent when it comes to how we're investing our time and energy. And that's what we want to change here, because it's not just about knowing our priorities, but it's about keeping them as well. And I just think if we don't consciously use our priorities to stick to a clear, you know, really consistent course, we are naturally going to drift. Priorities are Take habit, and any good habit takes time to be established. So let's just share a few practical tips that can help us. I think the first is to keep your priorities. Like you said, you have to know them. So know your top priorities and write them down. Second, today, make a commitment to yourself that keeping your priorities is a priority. And remember, this isn't selfish, it's wise. And you may catch yourself thinking, I'm too busy. Just remember that what you're actually saying is this just isn't the highest priority. Ouch. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Ouch. It's true, though. (laughs) And then another one is consider finding an accountability partner. We all need help staying accountable. Find somebody that you can be honest with, and they'll be honest with you. When you think about an accountability partner, it doesn't necessarily need to be a friend or a family member. It can be, but it could be someone like a life coach. You know, sometimes it's just better not to have friends and family because our friends and family sometimes, they just let us slide. (laughs) (laughs) They love us so much, they let us slide. Yeah, so find somebody who will really be honest and help you stick with what you want to stick with. Those are really good points. I think also creating a checklist and using a tracking system is helpful. There are several you can download and use right from your phone. The Reminders app is a great tool that I have used before. Think about posting your priorities in visible places. For me, I like to use the fridge. Regularly check your list and see if you're on track. Just start taking small daily actions that reinforce your priorities. Also, consider writing a personal mission statement. If you've never done that, we will be helping you this week to create one in our online lifestyle toolbox. Lastly, concentrate on the benefits. Ask yourself, 
why am I doing this, and choose to quit making excuses. Thinking positively and with gratitude is just so helpful, so be grateful for your opportunities. Oh, I love that. Okay, guys, I want to leave you with considering one last thing. As you get more intentional about setting your priorities around the values we've talked about, it's important to keep the big picture in mind. Ask yourself when all is said and done, what do you really want the contribution of your life to be? I want to read a few lyrics of a song that really does sum all of this up so well. It was sung by Nicole Nordeman. It was called Legacy. You can look it up on Spotify and listen to it, but here's a couple of the lyrics. I want to leave a legacy. How will they remember me? Did I choose to love? Did I point to you enough to make a mark on things? I want to leave an offering, a child of mercy and grace who blessed your name unapologetically and leave that kind of legacy. Oh, those are great lyrics. I really like that song. The only thing, Debs, that would have made that any better is if you would have sang it for us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I disagree. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Guys, remember that you do not have to do this alone. In case you've missed it, we have been offering lifestyle toolboxes to go along with our podcast. This Thursday, you can download the Legacy Lifestyle Toolbox for free on Facebook in our first and main My OCG group. We have unpacked a lot today talking about legacy. So this week, Debs and I want to encourage you to set aside some time to get honest with yourself and decide what will be the center, the character, and the contribution of your life. Let's choose well to live well and ultimately end well. Yes. And remember, as you build your legacy, obstacles are going to start popping up. So you definitely are going to need to know how to overcome them. So tune in to our next episode. Um, It'll actually be April. I can't even believe it's here already. But in light of Easter and uh, it's even Stress Awareness Month, we're going to be talking about rising in the spirit of an overcomer. Super excited. Yeah, I'm excited about that one too. When we accept Jesus into our life, He promises us eternal life in heaven. Heaven is our inheritance. It's our ultimate destiny. While we are here on earth, we have the opportunity to live in the legacy He left for us. We get to live like Christ, embodying His character, values, and priorities. And that is how we spend our dash well. I think a great way to wrap up today's topic is with this quote, and it says, Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your legacy. Well, that's a wrap. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the five stars for us if you enjoyed today's episode. Also, we want to invite you to join us on Facebook and Instagram for our podcast details. Search for First and Main Life, one word, and we will pop right up. We can't wait to meet you here again at First and Main, your avenue to living well. Thanks for listening.